Special treat for the listeners this evening. It's the Rugby Direct podcast. This time, though, coming to you on News Talk ZB. If you don't listen to the podcast, you naughty, naughty person, you should. It is quality rugby chat. We are joined by the men behind that podcast, a scribe for the New Zealand Herald, a long-time guest on this program, Liam Napier, and Elliot Smith, the rugby commentator from News Talk ZB, who indeed covers this show more often than not. Gentlemen, welcome to the program. Great to have you on board from... Sunny Hamilton, Liam, how's the weather down there? Yeah, it's been a beautiful week, Das, uh, evening to you, uh, and uh, back in, in Folds country after being in Razor country last week, so it's a bit of a change of pace there, and uh, the All Blacks certainly need to feel the love and, and bounce back, don't they? What's the energy like on the ground there, Liam, from what you've heard and seen, you know, getting about the traps? Yeah, I guess, you know, we get limited access, but uh, they are, there is talk in camp of, of good tension, and I guess... You know, you'd hope that was there following, uh, you know, another historic defeat uh, at, at home to the Pumas last week. Bowden Barrett talked about that sort of tension being in camp this week, and we've, we've heard from others about the need to improve their their attack, their, the balance of their attack with their kicking game, the breakdown, the discipline. So there's a there's a long list of work-ons, and uh, and effectively the same players. Uh, have been entrusted to do it. Yeah, Elliot, they have got the same 15. A number of changes on the bench, though, and you can't help but think that is warranted. Look, those guys got themselves into that situation, the 15. You climb out. But it was the bench that really tipped them over the edge. And now we've got a situation of 200-plus caps coming back in the form of Brody Retallick and Bowden Barrett. We'd hope they don't repeat the nightmare of the last, what, 15, 20 minutes of last week. No, two good players to bring off the bench uh, and they looked a little lost, didn't they, in that last 20 minutes. Zane Cole's coming in, of course, as well. Uh, but bringing in Brodie Retallick and, and Bowden Barrett, sure to, uh, to to boost things. Tupo Vai didn't even get a go last week. A rare occasion where a player doesn't um, or sits on the bench and doesn't get on uh, over 80 minutes. Scott Barrett and Sam Whitelock entrusted to see uh, things out. Bowden Barrett comes in for Stephen Petafetto. Uh, from my read, didn't do a lot wrong in his 55 seconds on the park, but uh, certainly hard to tell, but uh, these two players will, will boost the All Blacks, and it's that kind of leadership that they're probably lacking over the last 15, 20 minutes uh, of the game last week. Uh, obviously, the line-out went severely askew, but they also went uh, a bit missing uh, in terms of leadership on the park. Obviously, the captain came off with about 15 minutes to go as well, but uh, being able to call on those two players uh, who have uh, more than uh, 180-odd tests or thereabouts between them, um, certainly um, will boost those uh, that team in the, in the closing stages, won't it? You talk about leadership, uh, Liam Napier, and uh, the crumbling, a word you guys used in the Rugby Direct podcast about a couple of days ago. Surely, and, and a bloke like, well, Cody shouldn't crumble. He's an experienced, older player. He'd be the calm head that you'd need. That was just a, an oddity, what happened there. But now he's being, I suppose, punished for it. Yeah, he has, and uh, you mentioned Cody. Obviously, it goes further than that than his experience because it, those were established combinations, not just in the All Blacks, but the Crusaders. He's throwing to Sam Whitelock and, and Scott Barrett, and he, he was brought on as, as part of a, a full change of front row with his Crusaders teammates. So you'd expect those connections to be there. And, uh, you know, just touching on that, that last quarter, I guess, collapse, crumble, whatever you want to call it, that's an area of the game where the All Blacks were once world leading. You know, if, if you go back to, to the peak of their powers, they they won from impossible positions. You go back to to Dublin and, and that great escape there, but that, then there were other games in South Africa and Australia, and that 
their fitness, their composure under pressure, uh, their uh, their depth, their ability to bring on replacements and find another gear to, to come over the top of teams and, and win games that they never looked like winning. That was a real strength of theirs. So it's a real role reversal uh, to be in a dominant position. And they really were in that first half. You know, their, their scrum was dominant. The line-out was dominant. They scored from the rolling ball. Uh, you know, that they kept the Pumas in the match, but generally they dominated possession, territory, uh, running metres, everything was in their favour, and then they just let it slip. They scored three points in the second half and just, you know, botched it in the final quarter, which was once a real strength of their game. So that that's where the big concern lies. So where's it fallen away, Elliot Smith, do you believe? And you talk about these uh, these comebacks out of nowhere. Now, stop me if I'm wrong, guys, and I know you will. Was it... Was it Ben Blair in Argentina a number of years ago that saved the All Blacks from embarrassment in their first defeat at the hands of the Argentines, or have I just lost my plot there? No, I think you're right. Ben Blair certainly played a role in that one, although I believe Scott Robertson, funnily enough, actually scored the try. <laughs> um, so make of that what what you will, but it, but it certainly is um, a missing part in this All Blacks team, and um, you look at these players, they're not inexperienced. They're not inexperienced players. George Bauer, um, dang, uh, sorry, Cody Taylor um, came on last week. Fletcher Newell is the old one out there, but George Bauer is nearing 20 tests. Cody Taylor's played um, an absolute bucket of them himself. Uh, some of those other players, they're not as though they're green players. These are players that have been around test rugby now for two or three years. Yes, there's been a bit of COVID restrictions and everything like that that have maybe halted their growth, but it's not like we're talking flitching you all aside, players that are um, new to the green, green grass of, of Test Rugby. These are players that have established themselves, same as the ones um, that were on the paddock, you know, through the um, the first 40, 50, 60 minutes, whatever it was, before they, they got subbed. These are players that have been in Test Rugby before, so it's not like they've completely... Um, don't know how to play the game. It seems as though they're bereft of uh, a bit of confidence and bereft of um, some ideas what to do when when they do have um, the ball, other than run it. And, and that seems to be uh, the modus operandi for the uh, the All Blacks at the moment. And Ian Foster saying that they need to get out of that DNA of let's just run it from anywhere on the park because um, it seems teams are quite happy just to keep the All Blacks. Um, um, with the ball in hand because they believe their defensive systems are up to it. Uh, how many All Blacks teams would we have said that about in the past? Yeah, well, that's interesting, isn't it, Liam? Attempting to change, I suppose, the DNA of such great success, suggesting they can't actually pull that off anymore. And whether that's from uh, fatigue or, or lack of confidence or better defences from the opposition, but we're used to the, the, the All Blacks, I suppose, being a lot calmer under the pressure but keeping the ball in hand and not necessarily kicking possession away which there's been a call for which hasn't really been the All Blacks in the past is this the way forward do you believe Liam Napier? It's a very uh, it's a topic that you can drill down into for you know months probably <laughs> because <laughs> there's, there's so much to it and we heard Aaron Smith actually speak quite well about this today and he talked about the Northern Hemisphere teams the Springboks the Pumas actually uh, the Pumas in particular, he, he described them as not wanting to win, as not playing to win, but not about playing not to lose. So, you know, they, they they didn't go more than four or five phases and then they were happy to defend, happy to give the All Blacks the ball. And uh, the All Blacks, I think at the moment, they've, they've gone through a lot of uh, coaching changes, you know, with Jason Ryan coming on board and Joe Schmidt's now running their attack. 
And I think they really are uh, trying to grasp their identity and where the, how they should play the game and sort of trying to learn and do that on the hop. And you, you can see that with some of the decision-making and the, the lack of confidence and the, the, the frustration and the lack of results. That all adds up and it's, uh, it becomes a bit of a burden. So I think they're trying to work their way out of that funk, but uh, they're really struggling to do that at the moment. And uh, you've got Ian Foster coming out saying they need to change their DNA, they need to kick more. And then some players are saying, well, we need to back our instincts. And then there's Joe Schmidt, who traditionally as a guy that loves to retain the ball. So they're really struggling to find that balance. And uh, that's where your backline decision-makers need to take the lead. And they didn't get that right last week. They did in the final quarter at Ellis Park. But that's the consistency that we're not seeing with this all-black team at the moment. Consistent selection for the 15, as we already pointed out. Not Elliot Smith on the side of Michael Checker's Pumas. They've had a number of changes within that side, suggesting they're not resting on their laurels. Do you agree with what they've done around that team naming? Yeah, I think so. Look, uh, look at that team um, that they've named, and you go by and large, they've kept the key decision makers um, in the, the key roles, the one exception being Thomas Cabelli, who comes in. At halfback, well, Cabelli's played um, you know, more than 70 tests for his country, replacing uh, Bertrand, who I thought was very, very good. Um, speed of rock and speed of pass last week. So that one is a little surprising to me. The, the other changes coming on the side of the scrum, the one try scorer from last week, Juan Martin Gonzalez-Tamso, comes off, and, and Santiago Grondona comes uh, into the run-on team. So that one raises the eyebrow a little bit, but um, they got through a mountain of work, that 6-7-8 combination, Last week, uh, Liam and I were both at Michael Checker's media conference um, uh, around breakfast time this morning, and he spoke about the, the competitive nature of training this week that has made this selection very, very difficult for him. Um, they obviously got the win last week. The, the players that weren't there have made it even tougher uh, to be left out last week. Uh, sorry, this week. So um, that's the kind of competitive tension um, that the, the Argentinians are bringing off the park. Um, the All Blacks deciding to stick with the side that loss for his Argentina's gone, actually, we can bring in uh, a few new faces and reward the players that are that are doing the hard yards on the training park. Um, but again, those key players that performed so well last week, I'm talking about Julio Montoya, their captain, who at hooker played 79 quite remarkable minutes. Mateta was great at the back of the scrum. Marcos Prima uh, tackled his heart out. And then and Santiago Carreras uh, at first five. But also that number 14, Emiliano Bofelli, who kicked goals for fun from... <laughs> distance uh, last weekend. He goes for another trot, unsurprisingly as well, and that um, is going to be another market for the All Blacks. Yeah, the discipline's got to improve. They've talked about the offside line, everything like that, but you give away a penalty um, you know, 60 metres out, Buffelli is going to have an absolute crack and scoreboard pressure once again. We saw it um, tell on, on, on the last Saturday night in Christchurch. You know, they got back from, what was it, 15-9 down to 15-12, closed the gap to half-time. The All Blacks at to 18-12. The gap closes again. They get their noses in front. Argentina's been very, very good at building that. And that's the kind of game plan they'll execute again uh, come Saturday night. Liam Napier, last time uh, the Argentines beat the All Blacks, uh, the lash back was quite extraordinary. Are we expecting something similar? Or has this Argentine team now showed that they are not to be taken lightly? Look, I think there's a bit more to this Argentine team and I think there's more belief and, and confidence in, in what they're doing, who they are and, and where they're going. You know, what are we, almost a, a, just over a year out from the World Cup. I think Michael Checker 
has been very demanding of them. I think he's assembled quite a strong coaching team with David Kidwell and, and Felipe Contepomi, among others, in that group. So, yeah, I think there was a, a massive, getting over that massive hurdle two years ago in Sydney, there was always going to be a big come down from that. But, uh, you know, there's a real sense immediately after that victory last week from the Pumas. Yes, they were very proud and passionate and celebrated that, but Checker immediately turned his attention to this week and, and looking to back it up. So, yes, I expect a, a, a response from the All Blacks, but uh, the Pumas know that's coming. And, you know, we've seen from their defensive systems um, what they can do in terms of being suffocating and, and applying pressure at the breakdown. So, uh, I think they will produce a vastly better performance. I've just got one question for you, Das, because at that press conference this morning, uh, we learned that one passionate Argentine fan uh, got a, a tattoo of Checker on his backside. So if the All Blacks win this weekend, well, you know, were you going to go out and, and get, maybe get one of Foz or something like that? Well, I knew you then one about of this three that actually have a tattoo, uh, Liam Napier, so we should probably put that question to you. Well, we're clean skins, <laughs> now, aren't we, Elliot Smith? <laughs> Yes, indeed we are. And no, I shan't. Hey, guys, thanks very much for joining us. If you like what you heard, it comes out every week on iHeartRadio. Rugby Direct is the podcast. Liam Napier and Elliot Smith are the men behind the chat. Tune in, subscribe. You'll love it. I know I certainly do. And on that, gents, thanks very much for your time. You enjoy yourself down there in H-Town. No worries, Dars. Thanks for the plug.